God, we thank you for being the author and finisher of our faith. We thank you for being the bishops of our souls, God. We thank you for being the good surgeon, the good shepherd. We thank you for being the heart surgeon. We thank you for being the great physician, God. We thank you, God, for being Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We thank you for being Jehovah Nisi, our banner. We thank you for being Jehovah Rapha, our healer. We thank you for being Jehovah Shammah, God, you're there. We thank you for being Jehovah Shalom, God, you're our peace on this morning. God, we just thank you, God, for who you are, God. We thank you, God, for you are a good, good father. You are an awesome God, and we honor you in this place on today, God. We thank you. We magnify you. We glorify you on today. God, you said, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. So, God, we praise you on today, God. We lift you up on today, God. There is no other God like you. There is no other God before you, God. You're the one and only God. You're Jehovah. You're the self-existing one. So we just thank you, God. Hallelujah, God. We honor your presence, God. And God, I know that your presence is here. So God, I know that everything that we need is here right now in the name of Jesus. So right now in the name of Jesus, I come against every demonic force that's trying to come against our minds that's trying to come against our bodies in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you and praise you, God, that we are the healed of the Lord. Not going to be healed, but we're healed right now. So I call forth your healing. I command your healing physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally, and mentally right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to every tissue, every organ, every cell, every gland, every vital sign, every muscle, every tendon, every bone, every joint in our bodies, and I call you normal, and I command you to function right now the way God has created you to function. In Jesus' name, now Holy Spirit, as we go forth in the word of God, I give you permission to be my helper, to assist me, to lead me, to guide me into all truth, to bring the word back to my remembrance. Holy Spirit, I cannot do it by myself. I thank you, Father, for the breath of life on today. And I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives on the inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The last time that I ministered the word, I talked about that the word will not fail. Hallelujah. The word won't fail. How many of us believe that on today? How many of us truly believe that the word won't fail? The only way you can truly believe that is taste and see how good the word is and how good God is. If you're not in the word, and you don't know the power behind the word, you cannot say the word won't fail. And the reason why I'm saying that, because some of us, we say that now, but when things happen in our lives, we let go of the word. And we look to other people and we look to other things. But God is reminding us this morning that the word will not fail. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away. He said, but my word shall remain. So everything in your life may change. 
But the word is not going to change. And that's what you have to remember. God's word will never change. I'm going to add to that today. Go with me to another familiar passage, which is in Matthew, the fourth chapter. And we're very familiar with this. This is when Jesus was being tempted. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Let's hear what the spirit of God has to say unto us on today. And Father, I thank you that our hearts are open and receptive to your word on today. Matthew, the fourth chapter, the word of God reads, Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I want to read it again. Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I want to talk on this morning, living according to the word. Living according to the word. We talked about that the word won't fail. And when you know that the word won't fail, we should live according to the word. When you know that the word will not fail, you live according to the word. We are spiritual beings. Now that you're born again, now that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, meaning that you have turned your life totally and completely over to him. You are kingdom citizens. You are sons and daughters. You are ambassadors of God. So being um, by saying all of that, that means that you have to live according to his word, being that you know who you are. The only thing that will work in your life, the only thing that will last is the word of God. And this is what we turn away from. We don't turn to the word. We turn away from the word. And God want us to turn to the word of God because he said, when you um, turn to the word, you're going to have life. And you're going to have it uh, more abundantly because the word gives you life. The word is your lifeline. This is how you grow by the word of God. You're born from above, not from this earth. When you're depending on the earth to take care of you, you're missing out on what you already have through your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus has made a way for us, and we say we know that way. We know that the only way we can get to the Father is through Jesus Christ. All of us in here, we confess Jesus Christ. We say we're saved and we say, we say that we're born again. But the life you live is going to speak who you belong to. We always talk about this. I'm going to tell you something. We got a lot of people flashing the grace card. They're flashing this grace card, but they leave you right there. They tell you what grace have done for you. They tell you how Jesus died on the cross for you and the only thing you had to do was accept what Jesus had done. That's true. But what we got to understand is, the first thing you got to understand is sin is not what's keeping you from heaven. Jesus, he paid the price for sin, which we could not pay that price. He paid the price for our redemption. Because it's um, by grace we're saved through faith, not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. We didn't have to work for it. It is because of what Jesus done that we're here today. So your sins are not keeping you from heaven. Rejecting Jesus is what's keeping you from heaven. How do I know this? Because Jesus paid for past, present, and future sins. 
That means that Jesus knew we could not keep the laws of God because he knew if we break one of them, we broke them all. So Jesus said, I'm going to lay down my life for every sin that you would even think about that you could commit. He said, I'm going to take care of that for you. The Bible do tell us that he demonstrated his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, some of us say we get that. But when you get that, you will live according to that. Come on, don't just cut me off on what grace did. Now tell me how to live according to what grace did. We get excited because we hear about grace. But when you get excited about grace, you should be doing what grace has already done. I don't hear nobody now. See, we leave people right there to make them think you okay. Yeah, you okay because of what he done. But when you know that you okay and you know what he done, you want to live according to what he done. It ain't no more playing church, people. It ain't no more just saying I made it in. You still got to live the life of who you are now that you in Christ. You just don't stop at being born again. Jesus is the door that gets you into the kingdom. But you got to go through the other doors. You got to live according to what he done. This is why God said that when people know that my word won't fail. He said, then why are my people not living according to what they know won't fail? And the answer is because we choose not to. Because Jesus paid the price for all of us. And I want to say from this pulpit down, God knew that I couldn't keep everything, even though I want to. Sometimes I fall short. But I have a helper, the Holy Spirit, that lets me know when I fall short, he convicts me of who I am now that I'm in Christ and I pop back up and I don't give the enemy no inroad in my life to use. But what we do is when you repeatedly keep doing what you know Jesus already paid for, that means that you're saying this is what I want to do. This is how I want to live. It don't work like that, people. And this is what's happening to the church. The church think that just because I'm saved, I'm okay. You don't give the enemy no inroad in your life. See, the enemy want dominion. The Bible said, whom you yield, your members too. That's whom you're going to obey. So whomever you give a right to do whatever they want to do in your life, that's whom you obey. So God said, I want you to tell my people it's time to live according to the word. And he gave me this example. Whomever you associate with is what you become. It's who you become. Because this is why even in marriages, you don't be unequally yoked. That means if I'm born again and my husband is not born again, I don't just marry him to get in the bed with him. Or I don't just, uh, you know, tell him, come on and get saved so we can go ahead and get under the sheets. Come on, we got to be real with our relationship. Because if you go into a marriage being unequally yoked with a sinner and a saint, that saint is going to end up backsliding or the sinner is going to end up being saved. But the Bible tells you don't be unequally yoked. Live according to the word, not according to how you feel because you're burning in lust. Nobody don't want to hear this. 
live according to what the word say. Quit telling people you need somebody. You need Jesus. That's the one and only one you need. And when you get Jesus in due time, he'll send you whom you need. The problem is people want people to have people because they're afraid they're going to turn over to something else. Homosexuality. But see, the first thing you got to introduce them to is the king of kings and the Lord of lords and let them know what he did for them. And once you let them know what he did because they couldn't do it, then they have a choice to accept him or reject him. And this is why the Bible says that it's faith. We have to have the word of God in order for it to produce faith. Faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. The truth is what's going to set you free, but it's knowing the truth is what sets you free. Who is the truth? Jesus Christ. So the more you know him, the freer you get. You wouldn't want to do some of the things that you do. I don't know about you, but when I really truly accepted Jesus, nobody didn't have to tell me to stay out of a club. Nobody didn't have to tell me to quit doing what I'm doing. Why? Because there was a heart change in me. And even when my body wanted to go that way, the Holy Spirit was there to convict me of who I am now that I'm in Christ. Come on, quit playing church. No, it ain't all right. It's not all right. And I'm not going to let church people think it's all right because Jesus paid the price that we can live any kind of way. That's why we have what's written. And we go by what's written. We live according to what's written because that's who we are. There's no excuse for not one born-again person. The excuse that you make, you make it trying to change the word because you want to do what you do and you try to get people to believe in what you're doing because you think it's right, but you actually know it's wrong. Come on, let's quit taking feel-good pills. We're taking stuff to make us feel good. But at the end of the day, you're inviting the enemy to come into your life. The battle we're having now, y'all, is in our mind. And the only way that battle can be won is through the word of God. And this is your lifeline. If you don't take the time to get into the word, you're going to get into something else. I don't care how saved you are. The word is the only thing that's going to keep you. And if you're turning away from this word, you turn into something else. This is a daily walk. And every day we have to be before him. You cannot wait to something happen in your life and try to cram in these 66 books. This word has to get into your heart. The word is a seed. That means in order for that seed to grow, it has to be planted into some good ground. That way it will start producing 30, 60, and 100 fold. But you got to keep it planted. If you're having the same patterns... Just a different day, that word ain't where it need to be. You got the word in your head, but it ain't in your heart. If you keep going through the same thing, you need to check yourself and say, God, is the word truly rooted in me? Anything that's rooted in you, you ain't moved so quickly. You don't move off the word so quickly because of your situation. I'm seeing Christians be moved by what they see. By what they hear or how they feel. I'm seeing more people committing murders. I'm seeing more people fornicating. 
More people committing adultery. More people lying and stealing. And it's in the church. The enemy after the world. He already have the world. He's after the church. Church folks. See, nobody don't want to hear stuff like this. Nobody don't want to hear this because what happens when you begin to hear this, then you're accountable for what you're hearing. So if you go do opposite of what you heard today, it's because you chose to do it. But whomever you associate with is what you become. Getting back to a marriage. When you go into a marriage unequally yoked. And let's say that man, he loved to do his own thing and you doing your thing. You going to church, you praising Jesus. But all of a sudden that man is telling you, you know, we're married. You need to be doing stuff like I'm doing. It's okay to take a little drink every now and then. It's okay for me to wine and dine you. It's okay for us to um, go in the bedroom on Luther, Vandross, Teddy Pendergrass. It's okay. God don't mind that we do these things. I thought you loved me. If you love me, this is some stuff I want to do with you. So eventually, this man break you down and you end up following his lead because you loving him more than you love the living word. So eventually you start doing what he do and you feel like it's okay. See, when you do something for so long, you feel like it's okay. You feel like there's nothing wrong with it. So now you're telling other people because you got the feeling it's okay to listen to Teddy. It's okay to listen to Luther. You're married now. You ain't got nothing to hide. You ain't got nothing ashamed of. Whatever gets you in the mood, that's what you do. It's quiet up in here. Whomever you associate with is what you become. When you see how they dress, when you see how they talk, when you see how they walk, you begin to walk different. You begin to talk different. Let me go somewhere. People want to correct you because of what the world does. The world don't do it like this. The world don't say it like this. You shouldn't talk like that. People going to think you crazy. Yeah, I am. I'm crazy in Jesus. Any man or woman that try to change who you are in him, you need to drop him. You shouldn't have been with him in the first place. That's not God. Any man or woman that try to control you, that's a Jezebel to you, you shouldn't be with him in the first place. This is why we have to know who we are now that we're in Christ. We have to live according to the word, and you can't live according to the word if you, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Some of you are in it, but you still ain't living it. You go in it and you come out of it, but you still ain't doing what the word said. The Bible says, don't only be a hearer, but be a doer. I can hear, but until I do, I ain't heard. When the Bible tells us to love one another, mm, Some of us hate our brother and sister. When we know what the word said, we refuse to do what the word says. But going back to living according to the word, you can't do it by yourself. This is why the Bible said that Jesus was led in the wilderness by the spirit. He had the spirit of the living God with him to help him. God has given us his Holy Spirit now that we're born again. So don't say you have an excuse of stopping doing what you're doing. 
to stop doing what you're doing because you have the Holy Spirit. He's indwelling you. He's only testifying until the truth. He's only going to tell you what the word is saying unto you. So he led Jesus in the wilderness to be tempted. Yes, we're going to be tempted in our walk. Things going to come before us. But guess what? We can submit to God and we can resist the devil. We can resist temptation. But the problem is we can't resist the devil because we're living like the devil instead of submitting to the word of God. But Jesus, when he was led up, he was hungry, y'all. Jesus hadn't, hadn't eaten anything for 40 days, 40 nights. How many know that the devil going to come at you in your weakest area? The devil know your weaknesses. He know your fears. He know the things that you go through because he's watching you. So in your weakest area, he's going to come in to attack. This is what he did with Jesus. He knew Jesus was hungry. Come on, don't mess with a hungry man or a hungry woman. They'll curse you out and they still save. Amen? Because they know that God has already forgiven them for cursing you out even before they did it. But we look at how weak Jesus was, and this is what the enemy did. He came at him at his weakest point, and he said, if you be the son of God, you got to know who you are. When you know who you are, you don't have to prove to nobody who you are. The problem is we don't know who we are in Christ. Because if you knew who you were in Christ, you wouldn't spend day and night fighting with the devil. The victory has already been won. We wouldn't be tossing and turning at night if we knew who we were. So the Bible says that he said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Jesus knew he didn't have to prove nothing to Satan. He knew who he was. Quit trying to prove something to people. Quit trying to prove your salvation. That's already been proven through Jesus Christ. Once you know who you are, live like who you are. Nobody, I shouldn't have to tell you how to live. The Bible tells you how to live. But when you come up in here, I'm just reminding you of what the word says. So the devil told him to turn the stones into bread. And Jesus replied, man shall not live by bread alone. Let's stop right there. This is how we're living. We're living according to the physical. God want us to live according to the spiritual. We are spiritual beings, y'all, in a physical world. But in order to make it in this physical world, we have to live according to who we are, who we are in him. So he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. He said every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So my life should be based on the word and not based on me. Because if I based my life on me, I would have been out of here. This is why every day you have to base your life on what the word says, because you're going to be tempted. You're going to have some wilderness experiences. Who told you now that you're saved, things are not going to come to your house? Who told you now that you saved every trouble, every tribulation, every persecution going to bypass your house? Who told you that? Because if anybody told you that, they're lying. They ain't nobody but the devil. Because you're going to go through in this world. 
But it's how you go through what you're going through. You got to go through it with the word of God. Are we down sometimes? Yes. But in order to get up, you have to get some life from the word. Do you get depressed sometimes? Yes, you get depressed. If you told anybody you've never been depressed, you told a lie. Because soon as your money run out, you're depressed. Soon as your husband act like he don't love you, you're depressed. Soon as your wife don't do like she's supposed to do, you're depressed. Maybe a low depression, but you're depressed. You know how I know you're depressed? Because you got to call somebody. And tell somebody what he or she done. Come on. Because if it didn't bother you, you wouldn't bother to talk to nobody but Jesus. We tell all our business when we be depressed. You know, the worst times that happens in our lives is when somebody died that we're close to and we love. At that time, we'll spill all our guts. Because we're weak. We'll begin to tell everything, and some of us, in spilling our guts, we bring out angry. We get angry with stuff we've been holding in for such a long time, and now we're ready to tell people how we really feel about it, because that's our weakest point. When we're grieving, the enemy come in at us, and we begin to say things that we said we wouldn't say, but we begin to say them because we begin to tell people, this is how I really feel about you. See, the enemy know how to get you. But when we live according to the word, regardless of how we feel, we feed on that word and we do what that word says. No matter how bad this flesh hurt, your flesh will hurt. But that's the flesh being crucified because when you feed the flesh the word, it gets madder and that's when you know it's working. But then he took me a little bit farther with this. Remember I said that Jesus lived according to the word, right? Jesus didn't go outside the word, no matter how he felt. He didn't go outside the word. Even when he was being crucified, what did he tell his father? Jesus felt those pains. And he went to his father. He said, Father, let this cup, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. Be done. I want y'all to hear this. This man was at death door. He was dying and paying for things that we done, the sins of the whole world. But he went to his father. He said, Father, I don't want to die. He said, but I ain't, it ain't based on me. It's based on the life that you have for me. And God, I'm looking to you and what you say. More than I'm looking at how I feel right now. He said, I can feel the agony of death. I can feel the depression from this. I can feel all of this pain and sorrow. But nevertheless, nevertheless on how I feel. Y'all, have we gotten to that point to say, God, nevertheless, how I feel right now, not my will. Not my will, God. But let your will be done in my life. We got to get to that point that it's not how we feel. It's not how somebody made us feel. But we got to stay so focused on this word. It's about what your word said to me, Father. He said, not my will. I'm following your plan. Outside of what I know is getting ready to happen in my life. 
So if Jesus followed God's plan, God's way, he's our example. He's our example. And do you know when we accepted Jesus, we made a commitment. We said, it ain't about me no more. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer me. It's no longer you that live. But it's Christ that lives in you. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and who died for me. This is why when Jesus, Jesus took, come off the throne, come from heaven, who would do that? To come down here to such a corrupt world that was full of sin. But Jesus had to come off the throne and the word had become flesh to dwell among us. Why? Because Jesus was the example for us. He was showing us how to live this life in the flesh. So when Jesus, when he went through this wilderness experience and he passed the test and how he passed the test was living by the word of God. Every time Satan would come at him with the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, he would come back with the word of God. Because he knew the word was the only thing that was going to keep him. He didn't try to allow temptation to overtake him. He used the word of God, and that's what we got to use. We will be tempted by many things. But we have to take the medicine that God has given us, which is the word of God. So Jesus, after he went through the temptation, he began to preach about repent for the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God is near you. But after he began to do that, said, I want you to have a change of mind. Jesus began to call his disciples. And I want you to check this out. Disciples were followers, learners of Jesus Christ. So as he called them, they were on jobs. They were fishermen. But then Jesus told them to, you know, to come and follow him and he'll make them fishermen of men, meaning that I'm going to make you disciples. But I need for you to make a decision today to make a commitment today to follow me. They left their jobs, they left their family and they followed Jesus. This is where I want to start. He said, the church have not made a commitment to me. You say you have made a commitment to me. But you're putting everything before me. Jesus said, in order to follow me, you got to deny yourself. When I looked up deny, it says, forget about oneself. I had to ask him. I said, Lord, how can I forget about me when I exist? He said, not only forget about you, I want you to lose interest in yourself. I said, huh? Forget about me. Lose interest in myself. And I'm I'm sitting up there thinking about that. But this is the point he was making. He said, meaning forget about yourself. Meaning that you're going to be committed to me and not you no more. Losing interest in yourself is meaning that you're going to take interest in me and not you no more. He said, can you forget about you? Can you make a commitment to me today to say, Lord, whatever you want, that's what I would do. He said, that's what commitment is. He said, when you commit yourself to me, it ain't about you no more. It's all about me. Have we truly made a commitment to God today to lay aside our interests? To lay aside me, myself, and I and say, God, here I am. 
you would have me to do. God, that's what I'm going to do. But some of us are afraid because we don't want to let go of a man, a woman, children, houses, cars, money. We don't want to let go of that. But God said, in order to follow me, you got to be sold out to me. I'm your master. I'm your Lord. I'm the head of your life. He said, you got to be totally committed to me. And they left what they had to be committed to Jesus. God said, are you truly committed to me? That when I say don't, you don't. When I say stay, you stay. When I say don't fornicate, you don't. Because you know what I paid the price for. He said, I paid for fornication. I paid for adultery. I paid for greed. I paid for covetousness. I paid for all of these things. So when I said, don't look at these things, do you look at them after I told you not to? I tell you not to for a reason. He said, the reason being is whatever you focus on the most is what you're going to end up doing. That's why the Bible says, even when a man lusts after a woman in his heart, he has already committed adultery. Even though you haven't done the physical act, you have already done it in your mind and you're getting ready to go towards the act. You set it up and you let the enemy help you. We got to live according to this word. I am so tired of ministers telling the church one thing. And living another thing. God began to tell me, he said, there's too much self-exaltation in the house. It's too many people that want people to exalt them above me. It's too many people trying to get titles. They're not thinking about the commission that I have given them. They're not thinking about these lost souls. They're thinking about people hear me, see me, be attached to me in the body of Christ. He said, if we're going to live according to the word, we need to live according to the word. And we need to quit trying to pacify or justify what we know we're doing. Quit trying to explain. Just say you've done it because you want to do it. You don't have to explain your actions to nobody. That's condemnation. When you're in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. So I don't have to justify myself to you. I've been justified. So if I messed up, I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn from what I'm doing and I don't owe you no explanation. Because just like David and Bathsheba, David admitted what he done. But he said, I didn't sin against you. I sinned against God. So I ain't worried about you. I'm worried about my father. Because if he paid the price for me, then I'm going to him because you can't get me to heaven no hell. So we need to quit looking at what people see. See, that's called rejection. You're being rejected by man. So as long as man says it's okay, it's okay. But what did the word say? You got people saying it's okay to do this. If you love them, do it. That's a lie. If you love them, you'll stay away from it. Because when he died, he died for all of this that the church is doing right now. Y'all don't see God see you. He looking at you when you lay down with the woman. That ain't your wife. And you say you saved. You got God in the act. You ain't honoring him. 
Oh, nobody won't know. I left late. God knows. God knows what you're doing. Then going to go to church. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. And if you loved him, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. Love don't sleep around on it. That's spiritual adultery. See, this is my thing. And I know this for a fact. As long as you teach truth, people want to stay away from it. They want to go in places that they can keep doing what they're doing and saying they love Jesus. That's why Jesus came into the temple when there was gambling in his house and he overthrew the tables. And my Bible said he got a whip and took it out. Why? Because he said, you dishonoring my God's house. And if we get more Christians to stand up and live according to this word, Facebook will be shut down because it ain't nothing but a cult. Y'all put more on Facebook than you put up there about Jesus. When had you put a sermon on Facebook of what you learning? Come on. When? The only thing I see is pictures of what you want people to see. When have you told them about submitting to Christ? When have you told them about being a steward? When have you told them about membership? When have you told them about what you learned? How are you going to change people if you ain't right yourself? Nobody don't want to hear that. Got four doors. You excused. Because it seems like every time you hear it, you get on Facebook even stronger. And you wonder why people don't want what you got? Because you ain't telling them what you got. It's more about what you want people to see with you than Jesus. You represent Christ. Oh, yeah, I'm spiritually angry. Because we're supposed to live according to this word. Am I perfect? Yeah, in my spirit. But in my soul, I need some work, y'all. And every day I go into my word and say, God, look at me. Look at little old me. Because somebody's going to put me down. Somebody's going to persecute me. Somebody's going to do all kind of evil against me. But you told me, bless them. Bless those who curse you. Love those who hate. I got to live according to the word, not according to what somebody said. I can't get offended because somebody approached me and tell me I need for you to do this. And then you get arrogant. You get prideful because you thought you done what you should have live according to the word. The church is a toe up. Miracle temple, two. Toe up from the flow up. So we got to live according to what's written. And the only way you're going to live according to what's written is to go into it. God reminded me of this one. Y'all know old Joshua. Joshua was with Moses all the time. He was getting ready to be trained to take Moses' position and didn't even know it. He stood by Moses. When he sent the spies out, him and Caleb, they were right there amongst the spies. The spies come back with a different report from Caleb and, and Joshua. Meaning Joshua means salvation. It means the whole total package. So they came back and they end up just decreeing and declaring what was written. 
what God had already said. They wouldn't change their testimony because they seen giants. They wouldn't change their testimony because they said they looked like grasshoppers. The only thing they said that they knew that they could overcome them because of who they were in him and because of what he said. So they didn't change. So Joshua was up there with Moses when Moses went to be with God. And Joshua heard a sound that was coming out the camp. He thought it was war. See, Joshua was a warrior. So he thought a war was going on in the camp. But he said, it don't sound like no war. Sound like fornication. Sound like adultery. Sound like every kind of thing that God is telling us not to do is happening in the camp. I'm paraphrasing it. So when they come down and they saw what they were doing, y'all know what they were doing? They were worshiping another God. Because Moses went on a long journey. They said, where is this Moses? Where is this deliverer that's supposed to deliver us and take us into this promised land? So old Aaron, he followed the people. He took and made a golden calf out of the gold that they had, and he had a nerve to tell Moses that the calf just jumped out of the fire. We always have an excuse, right? When somebody leaves you in charge, you always put it on somebody else. Come on, just say, I was wrong. Just admit it. So Moses, this is what he did. Moses said, whoever's on the Lord's side, come over here. You had some that wasn't on the Lord's side. They got defeated. They died. What am I saying? There is death and there is life. God wants us to choose life, and that only life is in Jesus Christ. And don't think just because you saved that you're going to miss some death. Because we put death in our life when we don't live according to this word. We bring curses on ourselves. Jesus done away with the curse of the law. Meaning that Jesus paid the price for us concerning what should have happened to us concerning the law. He paid for all that, that death. But guess what? We bring it back on ourselves by not obeying the word of God. So Joshua, after Joshua followed Moses, he it came to Joshua 1 and he, God began to talk to Joshua and say, Joshua, Moses is dead. God is saying this to you. People that used to be here, they're not here no more. They're dead. We can't follow them no more, but we can still follow the word. The word didn't change. Moses was gone, but God's commandments did not change. The problem is we follow man so much instead of following the word. When man die, we feel like we can't make it no more. He said, Moses is now dead, Joshua. Now you're going to take these people over the Jordan. But he began to tell Joshua how he was going to do it. He began to encourage him that he said, everywhere the soles of your feet shall tread, you're going to possess that land. But he told him, this is how you're going to have to do it. The same way Moses did it with my commands, that's how you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to live according to my commands. You're going to have to observe my commands. What? Meditate on them day and night. They're going to have to come out of your mouth. That's when you're going to prosper. That's when you're going to have good success. What make you any different? You're getting jealous over people because it looked like they have more than you. The reason why is because they're in the good book. They're living according to what the words say and not according to what man say. So they look higher than you. Why are you mad? 
They're living according to the word. When you live according to the word, you're going to be successful. You're going to have good success. Everything you need is going to come from this word. Because God don't break his promises. When God tell you what to do and you do it, guess what? You're going to get the benefit from what you've done because it's already written. God ain't going to change his mind. So we have to line up with what the word is saying, not with what our flesh is saying, y'all. God is bringing this in the house for a reason. You got people dying early before their time because they're living not according to this word. They're living according to their flesh and how they feel. Whatever is going on in your life and you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I double dog dare you to go get you a promise out the word. And start speaking this word. Start declaring this word over your house because you know this word will not fail. You have to stand on this word no matter what. You have to encourage people through this word because this is how you live. So when people see you come and don't want to see you coming, it's because of what you bring in and they don't want to live right. So when you bring in the word, people are going to turn away from you because of the word. Because they don't want to change. You cannot serve two masters, y'all. You cannot serve God and the devil at the same time. You have to choose whom you're going to serve. We need the word more than anything. The word keeps you. When the word tells you by Jesus Christ, you were healed, that's what he meant. You already healed. We don't need to wait on it. It's already ours. When the word tells you that you are prosperous and your bills look just way overdue, then you stand on what the word says because you're doing what the word says. I'm still prosperous. God told me to owe no man nothing but to love him. See, we out of line with that too. We get all these, these bills and don't want to pay nobody. And then we say you can't get blood out of a turnip. Church vote. You went and signed the contract. Now you knew you weren't going to pay them when they gave it to you. You just got what you Christian folk. Then you get mad at them for calling your house. Now you want to change your number. Christian folk. The borrower is subject to the lender. But he said we're lenders and not borrowers. Now understand this. Some of us, we do have house mortgages. We do have cars that we haven't paid for yet. They're still not ours. Because when you leave here and your name on that car, they're going to take that car back if it ain't paid for. Not let family step in, just like a house, right? They're going to do that. But we say, this is my house. If you ain't got no title and deed, it belongs to the creditor. You just staying in it. Come on, let's tell the truth. Shame the devil. Because as soon as you miss payments, foreclose. It's not, no longer your house. It belonged to man. Come on, y'all. Let's just be honest. This is why we, we want to get out of debt instead of staying in debt. We want to do what the Bible tells us to do and stop putting debt on top of debt and then trying, y'all, I'm going to try these tricks. I'm going to find somebody else to help me with this debt, but it still ain't paid. But when you listen to the Holy Ghost and he tells you what to do and you follow his lead, you know it's going to work out. So we got to live according to the word of God. The Bible said when you build your house upon a rock, upon his sayings, no matter how, which way the storm comes, guess what's going to happen? That house is still going to stand because it's built upon a rock. It's built upon the word of God. You're living according to the word. But if you build your house on sinking sand and you're not doing what the word of God tells you to do, that house is going to fall according to Matthew 7. 
So God wants us to live according to what? His word. His way of doing. Y'all, I'm here to tell you, it works. It works. God will supply all of your needs. It ain't in money, y'all. It's in a lot of things. It's in good health. It's in material things. He'll supply all of your needs when you seek him first the kingdom. I'm going to give you an example, and God reminded me of this in praise and worship. Me and my daughter wanted some blueberries, and the blueberry farm was up the way, and I said, well, I'll get to it when I get to it. How many know when you're in the word of God, you don't want to move? Forget them blueberries. I ain't leaving my word to go get no blueberries. So I left it alone. How about my sister-in-law come over there, um, called her brother and say, I have y'all some blueberries. Tell me, don't God love me? I didn't have to go get them because he touched her heart to bring me the blueberries. Y'all don't understand. When you're living according to the word, doing what the word tells you to do, God know what you need. God will touch somebody's heart and give you what you need because you're living according to the word. Y'all, there's nothing missing and nothing broken in him. This is why he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. When we go back to Egypt, when he brought him out of Egypt, guess what God said? I want your dependency to be on me and not on Egypt. He said, that's why I had you to go 40 years like you did. He said, because you still had Egypt in you, even though you were out of Egypt. He said, I was testing you. I was seeing if your heart was going to be towards me instead of towards Egypt. God supplied everything that they needed, but God told them, this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to hearken until my command. That's the only way he wanted them to live was according to his command. Y'all, think about it. This is how we live. That's all he wants from us. He said, just go into my word and pull you out of promise based on what you're going through and live that promise. That's just how easy it is. But we don't pick up the Bible. Y'all see this Bible? Did anybody know what it looked like? Did anybody? We pick up the Bible when we have time. We pick up the Bible when we have time, maybe one day or twice a week. That's the only time I have for Jesus. This Bible has to be picked up on a regular basis. Not telling people what God said on Monday and you don't see him until the next Monday. God is steady speaking, y'all. God said, my sheep know my voice. Some of us don't recognize his voice because we're not in the word. We don't know if it's Satan or God. But God said, when you stay in my word, you're going to hear me. Because when you hear in my word, you're hearing me. I am the living word. His word is alive. It's living. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing. It's dividing the soul from the spirit, the joints from the marrow. It is a discerner of thoughts and know the intents of your heart. Come on, the word is so powerful that when you get in it, it be a moving and a shaking and going on in your life. When you really dig into the word, you can't even sit still while you're reading it. You have to get up and walk the floor and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for life and life more abundantly. I don't know about you, but I have to walk the floor sometimes and say, wait a minute, God. Hold up a minute, God. I'm tasting this. Wait, 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 wait. That's just how good it is. And when you come out of it, you got to tell somebody. I be saying, honey, come here, come here. Let me tell you this. Let me 
can tell you what God shared with me. Come on, the word is just that good. You got to be ready to give an answer. And he wants us to answer according to the word. You cannot answer according to what people are saying. They may say death, but God is saying, tell them they shall not die. They shall live and declare the works of the Lord. God said they're going to rise up off of their bed of affliction. God is speaking to you. He's telling you what to speak. Because you've been in the word. We have to hear the word, y'all. Everywhere they went, this is what God told them. He gave them the commandments because they didn't know they were sinning. Isn't that something? They didn't know that they were outside of what God wanted. So God gave them commandments on do's and don'ts. He even had to tell them how to love one another. He had to tell them, you can't have, you know, no other man's wife. That's their men's service. That's their maid service. You can't have, you can't covet what your brother or sister have. He laid down these commandments. Guess what, y'all? He didn't do away with them. He fulfilled. He fulfilled them. But then he gave us two that covers them all. Two that covers them all. When we love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, our mind, and our strength, and we love each other, we done got them all. Why? Because if we get them two, we ain't going to want to do the rest. I ain't going to want to take nothing from Manny. I don't want to covet nothing that Manny have. God gave that to Manny. Why do I want what Manny have? Now I have envy in my heart because I'm looking at what Manny have and I don't have it. So now I'm trying to go get it to outdo Manny. But if I had the love of God the way I need to, I wouldn't want what he got. I would say, thank God that he blessed you with what you have. But we don't do that in the church. We talk about one another. They didn't need that. Why they go get that? I thought they ain't had no money. Now they got money. They got money for this, but they don't have money for that. Y'all, when we live according to the word, we can lift one another up instead of tearing them down. God told them when they come out of Egypt, he said, I don't want you to mingle with these other nations. I want y'all to catch this. He said, I have bought you out of a place and I'm taking you in the promised land. And when you get to this land, you're going to have some people on this land, but this is your land. He said, I want you to get rid of these people on this land. He said, the Hittites, the Canaanites, the Persians, the Havitites. He said, all these ites. He said, they own your land. And when you enter those lands, I don't want you to do what they're doing. I don't want you to become what they have become. He said, you're supposed to make a difference when you enter this land. He said, I want you to literally destroy everything in this land, the pictures, the altars. I want you to tear them down. I don't even want you to marry these women in these lands. God laid it out. Why? He said, because you're chosen. You're different. You don't supposed to be like them. So let me give y'all a hint. The same thing that he told them, he's telling you today. You are in the world, but you're not of the world, so you don't live like the world. You don't do like Facebook do. You don't go show all these pictures to let people know, look at me. See, you exalting yourself above God. 
Somebody help me with this because I got to break this stronghold of Facebook off of Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry life. Because people done made Facebook a God. People done made Facebook a cult. People don't even know how they can close their eyes and probably sign in. Because it becomes so natural. This is the thing. I'm going to let you know this. I'm going back to Facebook because it's a part of who you're mingling with. I don't know how to work it like some people. But how many know when you get it on Facebook? See, I didn't even know this because I'll check the ministry uh, page when somebody sent me something. Y'all, I was just as dumb as I don't know what. And I'm saying, I can't find this. I can't find this. Eric said, Mama, you ain't them people friends. I'm like, what you talking about? I'm up here looking for, you ain't these people, friend. You only gonna find if, y'all, anyway. So I don't know how all that work, right? Don't know how all that work. But I know one thing. When you on Facebook, check me if I'm wrong, and you up there looking for one thing, you and everybody business. Jesus Christ. What in the, why did they put this up here? Lord, have mercy. Help me, somebody. I done done it. I done done it, and before I knew it, I done wasted an hour out of my word. True? Why does Facebook have our attention like that? Help me. Knows it. What else is it? It's a demon. It's a spirit. It's a cult. Because it keeps your attention more than the word keeps your attention. How many be on Facebook at least an hour? Help me. Raise some hands. Raise some hands. Let's, let's get delivered today. Nobody don't want to do it. Nobody don't want to say nothing to my pastor. Don't call me out like that. I be up there I was trying to find something. See, y'all don't want to be delivered today because you want to stay on Facebook because that's your friend. That's your friend. You have people that encourage you to tell you that you look good, they lying. They lying. They lying. They tell you all that, then they get off and go talk to somebody else. Well, I don't know why she put that crazy mess on Facebook. She know how stupid she look. I'm tired of seeing her family all the time. Every time I turn around, the only thing I see is family, family, family. They, they family better than mine. Then you put a little like up there, right? It is self-gratification. And then you know what else happened on Facebook? You think you're supposed to do what everybody else is doing. When you see them on vacation. When you see them with a man. When you see their kids doing good, now you cussing your kids out for not doing good. Mm -hmm. Come on, we're going to get delivered today. Come on, deliverance is in the house. Because Facebook make you change your perspective about you. It makes you think you're supposed to have what somebody else have, and we're Christians. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. It makes us think we're supposed to change our career because somebody done got a big certificate and they're smiling. Rejected. That's what Facebook do. 
Facebook is for rejects. Because if you ain't going up there for Jesus all the time, come on, you don't need a new picture on Facebook. Why you need an update on Facebook? Please tell me somebody. Come on, I'm a deliverer. I'm going to root it up. Somebody, nobody don't want to talk about it. But you talk about it on Facebook. Come on, you talk about it on Facebook. You tell people how you feel on Facebook. You fuss back at people on Facebook. Did you see what they put about me on Facebook, Miss Mary? Did you see how they talk about me on Facebook, Miss Mary? Miss Mary said, I ain't on no Facebook. What's that book? <laughs> you got some old folks on Facebook can work it better than you. See, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting up something up in here because I feel it. I feel it coming at me. Some people want me to hush. I'm not hushing. Mm-mm. Because, see, we, we got to live according to the word. And if you're living according to the word, Facebook shouldn't be your God. Let's talk about it again. What is your ministry up to? What is your ministry doing to change people's lives? How have your ministry touched people's lives to the point that it can help not only your friends, but somebody else? Somebody could be ready to commit suicide. And you can just heard a message that the Holy Spirit is saying, I want you to talk about what you learned today. Why we don't see all that on Facebook? Why we only see who we dating or where we went or what kind of celebration we had? That's because we're not living according to the word. God wants you to live outside of Facebook. The things that have our heart more than God, we need to let go of. Man, woman, children, dogs, cats, parents, we have to let go of all that. And we have to, when we stand before him, I want to hear, well done. Because we're going to have to be judged for everything that we done here on earth and how faithful we were over the things that God placed in our hands. So God is saying, let go of these things that you're holding on to. Let go and let God be foremost in your life. God wants the church to live according to his word, not according to how you feel. The only way you can do it is get into the word. And when you get into the word, you will forgive. You will love. You will treat people like you want to be treated because you're living according to the word of God. Y'all, the word is the only thing that will last. God said, when you go into these lands and you live according to my word, you're going to be mighty. You're going to be successful. That's a promise. And if you don't have all those things now that you're born again, it's not God's fault. Because he has given you the Bible to live according to. It's time to come out of what you're in. And let me tell you something. There shouldn't be babysitters in the body of Christ once you get to a certain maturity. Too many people are holding on to people for answers. And you have a book full of it. Get into the word. Let the word get into you. So your life can change. That's the only way your life is going to change and be transformed. Is being renewed through the word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So this is how Miracle Temple should be living. 
And y'all, if we live this way, there's nothing that we cannot have because God has already supplied it. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time to live according to the word of God. Say, God loves you in spite of you. Say, no matter what you do or how you do it, God's love does not, will not, shall not change because he's a loving God. And if you know he's a loving God, that's how we should be. One towards another. Live according to the word and not according to your flesh. Live according to the word and not according to your flesh. Come on, give him glory. Getting back to this. Y'all thought I was through. If you're living according to the word, you can't stand to be around sin. You hate it. You detest it. And you don't want it in your presence. Why? Because God hates sin. He hates sin. So if you're not hating sin, then guess what? You're doing something that you don't supposed to be doing. Because if I say something wrong against someone, the Holy Spirit checked me so quick, I have to say, Holy, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said it that way. I apologize. That was wrong. Because that's how you live according to the word. Anytime you can't check yourself and you think you always right in what you're doing, you're wrong. Because you're supposed to check yourself first. Jesus showed us how to live. Matthew Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus, he lived the word, he walked the word, he talked the word, he did what the word say. He said, I only do what the father do. I see what the father do, and that's what I do. I hear what the father say, and that's what I say. He lived his life according to his father. That's how we're supposed to live our life. There's no way you read in this good book and you're the same. And if you're the same, it's because you choose to be in that same predicament. Y'all, I want change in my life. I want my life to reflect who I am in him. Quit making excuses. People will say, I'm saved, but I listen to this. Huh? Wait a minute. Huh? Did I hear you? When you're saved, you don't listen to that no more. You don't even hang around that no more. I'm saved, but I'll take me a drink every now and then because I need some help. He's your present help in the time of trouble. I'm saved, but nobody want to be alone, so it's okay to, you know, dip into that every now and then. Or I put it, what the young folks say, it's okay to tap that. Let me make it real. What you tap into, what you might end up with. There are diseases amongst the land. You just put that on yourself. Don't ask God why he do that. He didn't tell you to lay there and do what you did. Now you're ready to pray. Now you want somebody to lay hands on you. Come on, y'all. Come on, we got to do. People are dying. People need help. Use these free resources and speak truth. If you start speaking truth on these free resources, friends going to delete you. They're going to drop you. 
homosexuality and how God loved everybody, but he hates sin. They're going to drop you if they're hiding under your friend. Come on, hear the spirit of the Lord on the Lord's day. Oh, Jesus, Lord, I thank you. Y'all better, y'all better take heed to this. Take heed to this. People don't, don't like it, but I'm going to keep preaching it. God loves you, but he hates sin. He paid the price for sin. That's how much he hated sin. He laid down his life for sin. So if he did that, why we keep doing what we do? Don't let nobody encourage you to sin. I don't care how good they look. I don't care how they twist and, and turn and, and do this and that and flirt and all of this. This is what you come out of them in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. See how long they stay with you then. Come on, y'all. We got to be real. Y'all, y'all laughing, but this is true. The only friend you really have is Jesus because he don't change on you. Amen. On that note, we give God glory. Live according to the word. Amen. Do we have any visitors at this time that would like to stand? Hallelujah. We give God glory. Hallelujah. Okay. Can we go on with our announcements? And then after the announcements, we have tithes and offerings. After tithes and offerings.